0: Hi, this is Jim Lyon. You're listening to Viewpoint. With me today, Obadiah Smith, Jr. Yes, Jim. I am back with a cold. Oh, so glad to see you anytime. Sorry about that cold. I know the weather's changing. Yes, it is. And uh, there's a lot of pollen in the air. Yes. The springtime thing where we live is beautiful, but also wreaks (laughs) havoc with what's going on in the head above. Yes, it does. But we're so glad you're here. Thanks for coming alongside. And you know what, Obadiah? I'm not sure you've heard this story, but... My wife wants to have some pets, and I'm not really a pet guy. I mean, okay. she grew up with things living in the house besides people. <laughs> I grew up in a house that didn't have anything but people living in the house. I understand. And uh, I travel some, and so she's, you know, the boys are grown up, and she doesn't want to be in the house by herself. I'm on the road, and yes. so we've been having this back and forth about pets. Oh, pets. So one day I come home, and she's purchased two little kittens, oh, sisters, okay. and they come home in a box. In a box. They're just a few months old. They're in the box and you know what these kittens are in the house and they don't want to get out of the box. I mean the box, in the box. The you know, box is safe and you know they're little kittens and they don't know where they are. They've been traumatized by the long car ride home. I told her, don't traumatize them. But no, she had to bring them in the house. Okay. But sooner or later, (laughs) the box gets turned over and they tumble out. And while they're timid at first, they're out of the box and they're exploring the house and there's so much there. Now they don't want to be in the box. Okay. Because (laughs) they've seen the big world outside. That's right. I'm telling you the story because we're in a series called Out of the Box. And as I've been looking at those kittens, which my granddaughters have named Anna and Elsa after the Frozen sisters, (laughs) uh... As I think about these kittens, I I think about myself, because while I look at those kittens and think that's so silly, why don't you want to be out of the box, I don't want to get out of my box either. Yes. Because it's always safer to be in the predictable known, even if it's a small space, even if it denies you access to all kinds of adventures, we often prefer to be in a small box. And even when we're in church, for instance, we... We sometimes want to be in our box. You know, I know how it works. I know how it flows. This is what my growing up was like. This is what my parents did. This is what my grandparents did. So we live in the box. But when you read the Acts of the Apostles, it's really about being out of the box. The Holy Spirit moves in people's lives in such a way that he forces them out of their box. And while they may be reluctant at first, they discover, wow, there's a whole world to explore, to live, to enjoy, and to change for heaven's sake. Obadiah, today we're going to talk about one of those out-of-the-box stories. It's in the Acts of the Apostles, chapter 10. It not only changed their world, it's still changing ours today. Stay with us. Do you ever feel like you live in a box, Obadiah? I feel like, uh, you know, this is comfortable. I I know my way around. It's a common place. I don't want to move. I don't want to move. I don't want to take that new highway. I just want to stay in the road I know. Yes. I I want to listen to the music I know. I I go to the restaurant and order the same thing every time.
1: Every time.
0: (laughs) (laughs) My wife looks at me, and if I'm going out, and there's a dessert, she's going to say, he'll have a hot fudge sundae. I can't even get it out of my mouth because I'm stuck in the groove. Yes. But sometimes I might want to try some apple pie or something else that's out of the box. Life is always more secure. That's how it feels to us when we stay within the known zone. And in the Acts of the Apostles, we have a history, an actual history of the first century Christian church. And these are people who love Jesus. They've seen amazing things. Jesus has already stretched them like a rubber band in a way that they probably think they're going to snap, and they just want to ground in the place where they are. First, they're in Jerusalem, but then there's a persecution comes and they're kind of thrown out of the box. They've got to go and be dispersed. But yet, when they go to new places, like Philip goes to Samaria, well, he discovers a whole new field of ministry, a whole new city, a whole new territory is changed, transformed. The hope of Christ is proclaimed because They got out of the box. And ultimately, they're going to get out of the box past Samaria, and then they're going to go on to Greece and into Europe and into Asia Minor, which is modern-day Turkey. I mean, the whole story of the Acts of the Apostles is about being forced out of the familiar. So today in chapter 10, we're not looking at so much how geography changes them, but how their culture is a box and how God's going to stretch them out of their culture. Okay, now Obadiah. Yes. You're a black man. Yes, I am. And I'm a white guy. Yes. We grew up in different boxes.
1: Completely different boxes.
0: Now, we're both from the West Coast. <laughs> yes. We grew up on the West Coast, so we got that going. Yes. We're both men. Yes. Got a lot in common going there. But that whole color box, that culture box, even in one country, can be very different, can't it?
1: Yes, it is, Jim. And it's amazing that with our thinking, what we do, what we eat, what we see, how we even interpreted things Absolutely. from our different boxes of how that was our commonplace.
0: You may make a gesture, and I'll look at it totally different than yes. you intended, and same looking back at me. Yes. Okay, so what we're just illustrating is that it's natural. It's just human nature. It is the way of this world to grow up in a box. And there are many different boxes. But you and I have grown up in an age where we have taken for granted maybe the premise that even though we can acknowledge we grew up in different boxes, and that has formed our worldview, that there's something noble, there's something inspirational, there's something calling us to get out of our box and interact with each other and kind of climb over the barriers and work it through. But that's not an idea that was always in play. And what we're going to talk about today is how that idea that we take for granted, even though we don't always do it perfectly, but that very idea that we could mix and match and come side by side is born in Acts chapter 10. Yes, it is. All right, so we're going to read the story. This is a story about two guys, two different guys, two different boxes, two different worlds, and they are going to be by God's appointment brought together. I'm going to read the opening verses of this, uh, chapter Acts 10. This is the Word of God, verse 1. In Caesarea, there lived a Roman army officer named Cornelius, who was a captain of the Italian regiment. He was a devout, God-fearing man, as was everyone in his household. He gave generously to the poor, and he prayed regularly to God. Now, let's just stop here and say, this guy, we already know some of his box. He is a Roman, and the Romans governed the world at that time. He is an army officer. He's a centurion, which means he's not a low rank. He's a high-ranking officer. And that means he was of some kind of status in Roman society. He was a captain of the Italian regiment. Rome was in what we now call Italy. So that means he's got a select group of people that he's supervising who are from the creme de la creme. He's in Caesarea, which is the Roman capital of that part of the world, which means he's stationed at the center of all material power. So all of this tells us this is a guy who is accustomed to being in charge. Yes, He's got privilege, he has status, he has power. He's got something to stand up and be proud about. Yes, he does, Jim. And and, wow, in his world, he doesn't have to care about anybody else, really, unless they're a Roman officer above him. He is the guy that's all that. Yes. So that's his box. He gave generously to the poor. But we know from this that he's not necessarily living in the box that his peers do because he's conscious of the poor when he doesn't have to be, and he worships God, a God not made with human hands. He's not an idol worshiper, which makes him already crawling out of the box. All right, here's what happened next. One afternoon about 3 o'clock, he had a vision in which he saw an angel of God coming toward him. Cornelius, the angel said. Cornelius stared at him in terror. What is it, sir? He asked the angel. And the angel replied, Your prayers and your gifts to the poor have been received by God as an offering. Now send some men to Joppa and summon a man named Simon Peter. He is staying with Simon, a tanner who lives near the seashore. As soon as the angel was gone, Cornelius called two of his household servants and a devout soldier, one of his personal attendants, he told them what had happened and sent them off to Joppa. So now we have another character introduced, this guy Peter. Peter, will discover, is from a completely different box. He's not a Roman. He's part of a country that is oppressed by the Romans. He is not an army officer. He's a fisherman. In fact, we believe he's illiterate. It's likely that Cornelius was very literate and very well-educated. He is not the commander of anybody like the centurion Cornelius is. He's a guest in someone else's house. We're not even sure where Peter lives in this part of his life journey. He's a vagabond moving from place to place. He's a guest in the house of Simon the Tanner, and he's Jewish. Yes. And the Jews think they are the chosen people alone. So already we have in this story two people from very different boxes who are going to be thrown together out of their boxes. When we come back, I'm going to ask you, Obadiah, to take us to the next event in the story.
2: You turned into wine You open the eyes of the blind There's no one like you Not like you Into the darkness you shine And out of the ashes we rise There's no one like you like you Our God is greater Our God is stronger God you are high. darkness you shine and out of the ashes we rise there's no one
0: As you're listening to our Viewpoint program today, you might have a question or a comment that you'd like to share. Maybe you'd like us to pray with you about something that is brought to mind by our conversation. Whatever's on your heart, we want you to know that we're always glad to hear from you. And this is our number toll-free, 1-800-757-VIEW. That's 1-800-757-8439, 24 hours a day and seven days a week. You can call this number and we will be online. We'll be right there to talk to you in person, a live member of our CBH team. Now, we'll give you the number again at the end of the broadcast, but even now, I want you to know we're always glad to hear from you. Obadiah Smith and I are talking about how we have to crawl out of our boxes, how in the Acts of the Apostles, God takes people from different backgrounds, different cultures, different experiences, and throws them together into a new mix. They have to get out of their box. And as we've been talking about Cornelius, a Roman centurion, now we're going to meet Peter. Peter a Jewish guy who's a follower of Jesus. This is Acts chapter 10, beginning with verse 9. Obadiah, take it away.
1: The next day, Cornelius' messengers were nearing the town. Peter went up on a flat roof to pray. It was about noon, and he was hungry. But while the meal was being prepared, he fell into a trance. He saw the sky open, and something like a large sheet was let down by its four corners. In the sheet were all sorts of animals, reptiles, and birds. Then a voice said to him, "'Get up, Peter, kill, and eat them.' "'No, Lord,' Peter declared. "'I have never eaten anything that our Jewish laws "'have declared impure and unclean.' "'But the voice spoke again. "'Do not call something unclean if God has made it clean.' "'The same vision was repeated three times. "'Then the sheet was suddenly pulled up to heaven. "'Peter was very perplexed. "'What could the vision mean?' Just then, the men sent by Cornelius found Simon's house, standing outside the gate, and they asked if a man named Simon Peter was staying there. Meanwhile, as Peter was puzzling over the vision, the Holy Spirit said to him, "'Three men have come looking for you. "'Get up and go downstairs, and go with them without hesitation. "'Don't worry, I have sent them.' So Peter went down and said, "'I am the man you are looking for.' why have you come?
0: It's a story about God intervening, and it probably requires the Holy Spirit to intervene to get us out of our box sometimes. Yes, it is, Jim. And uh, I think we can understand Peter's dilemma. Peter grew up in a world that said that he and his people, the Jews, were uniquely chosen by God, and so they were. But over time, that developed into a kind of superior tone, where they saw themselves as the only ones that God might have considered worthy to be redeemed. And even as Jesus came into their world and Peter finds himself a follower of Christ, in his early following of Christ, he didn't imagine that Jesus came for people who were not just like him. And what's happening here is that Peter is being forced to consider the reality that God loves everyone the same, no matter how they were born, where they were born, or what is their nationality or race. And this is absolutely astounding. And it's illustrated by this uh, vision of the animals coming down. Are you familiar with Jewish dietary law, Obadiah? Yes, I, mean, I am. The Jim. Old Testament law is you got to only eat certain things. <laughs> certain it's times. very strict. Yes. And, you know, that law was in the Old Testament, and it helped separate the Jews out from their neighbors. It was a kind of a fence or a, a marker that helped them maintain their nationhood when they were moving about from place to place and so on. So he's grown up with that dietary law, and God uses that as an illustration for
1: him. And that's a powerful illustration, Jim. Well, he's hungry. that He's
0: on the rooftop, and he's hungry. It's about noon, and he has a trance about food. Have you ever had one of those? (laughs) I have. You know, I'm hungry, and I start imagining food. But in this case, God lowers before him a lot of food that he would never otherwise consider eating. Yes. And the voice of God says to him, Hey enjoy, come to the buffet. And he's saying, no way, I'm not doing it. He argues with God because it's so hard for him to let go of the box that has raised him up until at last God is straightforward with him and says, don't ever call something unclean that I have made clean. If I give you food to eat, it's worth eating. Yes, And of course, this idea that something that he once thought was beyond his reach and could never be touched might actually be accessible to him is revolutionary. He still doesn't understand all of the pieces, but he is now being pushed out of the box, just as I was describing those kittens in my house. The box is being turned on its side, and he's being thrown out by God into a new world order where he's going to have to think, does that mean that other people who are not Jews are also acceptable, that I might dine with them, I might be with them, I might develop relationships with them? Is that possible? Well, Cornelius, the Roman guy, Peter, the Jewish guy, both of them have direct interventions by God. Yes. Both of them have these interventions because they're both seeking God. That's an important part of our story. Your prayers have been heard, Cornelius, the angel tells him. Peter is already walking with Jesus, so God has access to their hearts. And for everyone listening today, surrender your heart to Jesus. Let him have access to you. He's going to push you out of your box, so just know, you surrender to Jesus, you're going to find yourself in situations you never thought possible before, but take that step of faith. But then, having access to their hearts, God speaks into their lives that causes them to open the door of their understanding to think they might actually have relationships across cultures, which brings us back to you and me, Obadiah.
1: Yes, and I kind of look at it, Jim, two strangers— but knowing God, are coming together on the behalf of God.
0: Because God sees them the same. Yes. Even though we see each, each other, other different. differently. Yes. And that's our challenge. <laughs> God sees the beauty of our diversity, but also sees us as one. Yes. We see our diversity as a reason to be separate. Yes. That's human nature. So growing up on the West Coast, a young black boy in a world yes. that was framed by that's other true. people like you. Yes. Tell me about getting out of the box. Did well, you ever find yourself in a situation where you felt like you were just thrown out?
1: I did, Jim. I guess it was when I first entered college. Um, no, I, I would say coming to California. I had never been in a junior high school where I went to school with other whites or Hispanics. And that was a cultural shock to me. To understand what a taco was and a burrito, <laughs> I had never seen one on the <laughs> where I had crew up. But understanding that, but my purpose in God and knowing who I am, I had to adjust to see them as one. And therefore, I I had a journey that was a marvelous journey as far as uh, growing up in
0: California. And, you know, similarly, I grew up in a white world, and I grew up in a neighborhood that was all white. And honestly, I knew there were people of other colors and races and cultures. I had heard about them and occasionally might pass them by, but only incidentally. It was not until I was an adult man. When I actually went to Chicago and found myself on the south side of Chicago, where okay. I was... The
1: south side.
0: <laughs> I was the minority guy. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I had lived in a world where I was always the dominant majority. Yes. Suddenly, I'm on the street, and I'm the guy that sticks out. I'm the one who's the other. Yes. And, well, I could go on and on about the experience, but it forced me to begin to understand what Peter and Cornelius yeah. were understanding. They said, wait a minute. God... Loves everyone the same. It's the same, and the fact that there's a little different vernacular here, that the the food served at the restaurant is different here, that the gestures and even the way in which we walk down the street is somewhat different than the Scandinavian neighborhood that raised me up. Wow, this is really amazing. These are God's people, and I want to learn from them. But that's a threshold. It's not easy to get to, and you have to be open. And I'm going to go so far as to say, without the Spirit of God. It can't really work. Yeah, absolutely People try and make it work, but there's always a, a mess up. And even with the Spirit, we can fumble the ball. But it takes the supernatural work of the Spirit to force us out of our boxes that have framed us culturally, racially, ethnically, by nation, sometimes by neighborhood, even sometimes by family or clan. To understand that God is interested in bringing people together, not dividing them and setting them apart. Into a relationship
1: with one another.
0: Absolutely. And this is part of the great adventure of Christian living. Anyone who claims the name of Jesus as Lord needs to be open to getting out of the box and finding yourself in the company of people that did not grow up like you. And folks, wherever you are today, wherever your journey has taken you and from wherever you have come, It's always nice to be able to go home. It's always nice to be surrounded by people with whom you're comfortable and that you can predict. But God is calling us to walk across the street, to go across town, to go out of our country, to move across boundaries that sometimes we think shouldn't be crossed. God is calling us to extend a hand of fellowship and grace and understanding and friendship and an offer and opportunity of relationship with people across the divides, just like Peter and Cornelius will discover next week when we come back. Today, in this world where there is so much tension about culture and class, about community and race, know this, Jesus is about mending the divisions. You can take a step that way by praying with us now. Our Father, we're so thankful that you know us each one and that you've created us, each one, uniquely and beautifully by your design. We know that we live in a broken world where there have been many conflicts and and many ways in which we have failed to be our best and where the devil himself has worked to divide, even as you call us together. We thank you, Lord, that you are able to move into our lives, to fill us by your Holy Spirit as we surrender our lives into your hands and to cause us to be open to and to do things that we could never be open to or do by ourselves. Thank you for the story of Peter and Cornelius. Thank you for the pattern of the Acts of the Apostles. Thank you for the way in which life is found when we're willing to get out of the box. Help us to take a chance with you and help us to bridge the gaps in this world. And may we be the people who follow in the footsteps of these disciples of old. And may we be the people who help bring this world together. We pray in Jesus' name and for his glory alone. Amen. When I'm far away
3: from home And the cold starts to blow When I'm empty and alone I turn
0: to you If you'd like to know more about what we've talked about today, if you want to know more about this Jesus that is actually on the stage of the story we've read about Peter and Cornelius, if you want to know how you can relate to your world in more healthy and, and whole ways, give us a call. Dial this number, 1-800-757-VIEW. That's 1-800-757-8439. 24 hours a day and seven days a week. We're by the phone, just waiting for you to call. And Obadiah, if someone didn't want to call but would rather check us out online, where would they go? cbhviewpoint.org cbh, Christians Broadcasting Hope, that's who we are, cbhviewpoint.org Read about the ministry, send us an email, we will reply. Or at the last, if you prefer, just write me a letter. Address it to Jim Lyon, Viewpoint, Post Office Box 2420. Anderson, Indiana, 46018, USA. But whether you call us up, go online, or send us a letter by post, let us hear from you this week. Obadiah, so proud to know you. So good to be with you. Hey, Jim, it's great to be back. And we're so glad you joined us too. I hope you'll join Obadiah and me next week as we continue our journey through the Acts of the Apostles. We're going to talk about Peter and Cornelius once more. And wow, how they really get out of the box weekend too. Until then... This is Jim Lyon. For all of us at the Viewpoint team, for all of us at Church of God Ministries, which is the host of our broadcast, stay tuned.